right. Welcome back to our second episode uh, of the second half half of the uh, mystery of the church. We've seen uh, just by way of of review that uh, the church started at the day of Pentecost in the first century A.D. And um, the church uh, uh, was uh, first comprised of 120 believers in an upper room, uh, which was not yet the church. But the church started then on the day of Pentecost with Peter preaching that great sermon where 3,000 people were saved and they became uh, members of the body of Christ. We've seen that the church is the body of Christ. We see that the, that the uh, definition of the church is a called out assembly. And so we who are members of the body of Christ, we are the building of the Christ, we're the bride of Christ. Um, and and we are the uh, a conglomerate of believers worldwide who are members of the body of Christ. We don't know how many believers there are. Uh, we we hope that it's a billion or so, but uh, you you just never know. We don't know how many Christians there were that preceded us and are now uh, with the Lord. But we do know something. Uh, I, I, we're going to talk about when will the church end? Well, let's go to Revelation chapter se- uh, chapter th- two, please. Revelation chapter two. Revelation chapter two, and Jesus tells John to write letters to seven different churches. Now, most dispensationalists, and I'm one, uh, and most good church historians, and there are plenty, believe that these seven churches represent the seven stages of the church age. Mm -hmm. So when will the church end? And I must tell you that I'm very definite about this So make sure you get this down. I don't know. (laughs) We don't know the date. We don't know how long uh, the church will end, but we know that there is an event that will end the church. And we're going to talk about this uh, at the end, towards the end of this episode and on into the next. Well, it'll end the church here on earth. On earth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. So, so, so. Uh, we've talked about when the church started, uh, who comprises the church. It's the saved of all the ages, those who believe in Jesus Christ, saved by grace through faith. Uh, when will the church be complete? I don't know. Well, I do know. I'm going to tell you, I do know, but I don't I don't have a date. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and God doesn't want us to know that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It says, and so when will the church end? Um, At the rapture of the church, when the church is taken out. And when is that going to happen? Momentarily, folks. And so we'll we'll talk more about this when we get to uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 51, when Paul says, behold, I show you a mystery. And that mystery is the rapture. Uh, of the church. And there's a lot of things about that that I need to say, but that's for the next episode. Okay. 
So when will the church be complete? We do not know. The reason I take you to Revelation chapter 2 is it's the history of the church written in advance. Yep. And so the, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is commanding John to write. And it says unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. And they, those are the seven church ages, all right? And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, seven, 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 mm -hmm. all through the book of the Revelation, seven, seven, seven. And they, all, and they all appear, yeah, and they all appear in the last book of the New Testament. The, the seven is the word which relates to completed things yes and so when these seven letters are written to the seven churches um it starts at the beginning of the church age uh and ephesus is a picture of that era those, of the church age the seven first. different churches have different qualities and, good and bad good and bad ones that's uh, right and they represent the stages of development of the church that's right the church age that's yeah. right that's right yeah and and it talks about the church at ephesus he says i know your works your labor your patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil wow yeah wow Evil has crept into the church of Jesus Christ. In the first century, that wasn't so. He says, and thou hast tried them which are that say they are apostles and are not, and you found them to be liars. There were only 12 apostles, 13 if you count Paul, but 12 if, you, if Judas um, lost his apostleship. He says, um, you have borne and you have patience, you've labored and you've not faded. And then he says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left your first love. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That sounds like today's wow. church, doesn't it? And then he says, okay. Uh, he says, repent and do the first works. See, that's why we have to read the Bible and know about what the early church was all about. That's why we have to know that so that we can get our churches straightened out and they're falling apart even as I speak on September 25th. I have so many people that tell me we can't find a good Bible preaching church, a Bible believing church, and they're right. Plenty of entertainment. Yep, entertainment over edification, feelings over faith. That's what's happening in the Church of Jesus Christ today. Feelings, nothing yeah. more than yeah. feelings. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and uh, the the musical end of the church worship service is growing by leaps and bounds, and is degrading into modern rock crud. I could have used a different word, but that's what it is. We're talking, we, we talk more about praise rather than producing fruit. Mm -hmm. Ephesus had lost their first love. He says, um, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. Read your Bibles. See how it was in the beginning and get back to it. Then he says this, 
he that hath an ear. He says, but thou hast, he says, this thou hast. He says, here's something you've done right. You hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And I can't, don't have the time to go into what that word means. But anyway, uh, he, he writes to the church at Ephesus. Then he writes to the church at Smyrna. He says, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive, saying, this is what Jesus says to you. I know your works and your tribulation, and your poverty. You see, Smyrna was the was the church that was the most persecuted church. It, it started probably in the third century or maybe a little bit later, but that was Smyrna. And that was the, then there was the church in verse 12 of chapter two, Revelation Pergamos. He says, you have the sharp, the sharp sword with two edges. I know your works. And he says, I know where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. Oh, thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith. He says this, but I have a few things against thee because you have them there that hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols, to commit fornication, and so forth. See, even the, even the Pergamos church had its problems. It, it, it contained in the assembly people which were non-believers and false teachers. Interesting, huh? So, then he says in verse 18, Revelation chapter 2, under the church at Thyatira. And, and he talks about the things. He says, your works, you have charity, service, and faith, and patience. Uh, and thy works were the, the last to be more than the first. Then he said, I got, I've got things against you. You sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. In the church of Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, folks. It has happened. I have seen it. I don't know how many pastors there have been, but I know some who have fallen from the ministry uh, because of the committing adultery. I'm pausing. That's a pregnant pause. That's a warning. Watch out, you leaders. Now, that's the church at Thyatira. Um, that's interesting. Uh, and he, and he closed his letter, but I, but, but unto you, I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have this, not, not this doctrine, which have known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put on you no other burden, but that which thou already hold fast, what you already have, hold fast till I come. He said, okay. Then in, in the, in the next chapter, he talks about the church of Sardis. And Sardis is a church that was had some good things. He says, you have, the, you have the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, and I know your works, and you have a name. Uh, and he says, you, you have good reputation. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. Then he said, that, but that, those things are ready to die. Uh-oh, for I found uh, that your works are not perfect before God. 
And then he tells them, remember some things. And he says to all the churches, he that overcometh, uh, the same shall be clothed in white and things are good things are going to happen. To this next church, the church at Philadelphia. And by the way, that's the church age, which was the age uh, uh, in uh, that just preceded the age we're living in. And it was a missionary age. There was a great missionary uh, outgrowth, outpouring uh, uh, 100 uh, to 200 years ago in our country, especially. We sent out missionaries all over the world. That's not happening these days. As a matter of fact, one great big Baptist denomination has recently recalled one-third of its missionaries from the field. What? on earth is wrong with us. Oh, you're talking about the Southern Baptist Convention. I didn't say it. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah, okay. Did I say yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yes, you did. Mm -hmm. Then he says this. Um, and and, and I'm, again, I'm going rapidly through these ages because... Uh, and they are they are historical and prophetic at the same time. Then he says this: We're in the we're in the last stage, the last church stage. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. We, we don't have long here on earth. We really don't. Amen. Uh, Jesus said uh, in the Gospel of John, "I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day, for night the night cometh when no man can work, and that night is here." And we better realize it, and we better get our rear ends in gear and live for the Lord and love his word and lust after winning souls. Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, these things saith the amen, the faithful and true the witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Now remember, he's written, this is written in advance to people in the church at this present time in which we're living. I know thy works. Thou art neither hot, cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. I wish you were your one or the other. So then because thou art neither lukewarm, because thou art lukewarm, and that's what happens when you mix cold and hot. You get lukewarmness. Mm -hmm. And neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Do you know what that means? That means that people in the Laodicean church age that are neither cold nor hot, but are lukewarm, they make God puke. Now, I can't say it plainer than that. That's what this verse says. God is sick of this church age, the way it's, the way it's, the way it's becoming perverse, uh, the way it's becoming profane, uh, the way it's becoming so much like what Jeremiah 23 says, and read Jeremiah 23 and see how lousy Israel had become. And that's what's happening in our church this day. Yeah. People are saying, what is truth? Like Pontius Pilate said. Uh -huh. By the way, we're going to do 
a podcast one of these days entitled, Did Pontius Pilate Get Saved? Keep that in your mind. But anyway, this is, we're getting back to the church. And we're in this Laodicean church age. He said, um, he says in verse 17 in chapter, chapter 3 of Revelation, he said, because you say I am rich and increased with goods and had need of nothing. Wow, we build these beautiful buildings, padded pews. Oh, yeah, we have the most beautiful pulpit uh, in the Peoria area. Oh, boy, we're, we're we just so, we're so, we so, no, our building big. is made completely out of stained glass. From oh, yeah, Venice, we, got this, we got stained glass windows. The crystal cathedral. Yeah. The crystal cathedral. We, we have all of that stuff. Oh, he says this. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. You know, we need a good shaking up. And that's what we're trying to do in this podcast. Get people back on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. Forget about the money. Forget about the entertaining. Forget about all that stuff. Forget about the things of the world. Get into the things of the spirit. And he says, and you knowest not that thou art, uh-oh, wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You don't even know those things. You don't even realize it. Wake up. He says then in verse 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich. There's a lot to be said about gold in the Old Testament and how you purify gold. Mm -hmm. It's purified by fire. Yeah. Get hot for the Lord Jesus Christ, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment. Purify yourselves, folks. White is a color of purity. Uh, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. Hmm. You know what? Much has been said in the Bible about how you're supposed to look. And we're going to have an episode on So Look. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's where our eyes should be. Then he says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Do you know what, what uh, I did with you, Curtis, when you got on the line? Uh, I remember it quite well. Yeah. <laughs> What did I do? Did I rebuke and chasten? Well, those are nice words for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so here you are today, the starter, the founder, and the commander-in-chief of a Christian podcast. I'm glad I did it. And I'm God... Glad, I'm glad you did too. And my dad and mom did it to me. Mm -hmm. And Sharon had the same kind of parents. Mm -hmm. And she's my lovely wife and a great Christian. Hey, by the way, it took me a, a long time to come around to being grateful that you did it. <laughs> <laughs> it did me too. But, but I am. It, it I did am. me too. <laughs> he says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Get on fire. 
Behold, he says, and this is the last thing he says at the church age. The very last thing he says is this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. What? Do you mean Jesus is outside of the building? And why is he outside the building? He's outside because we put him there. We made him second or third or fourth on our list of things to do. Now he comes after praise and worship. Yeah, yeah he comes after praise and worship. Without him, That's when we there's him. nobody you can praise or worship. After praise and worship. This is in red. Yep. Which indicates this is Jesus talking to the church of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Sharon's got a, a, a red letter Bible with, a, uh, with the words of Christ in red. And all of these things that I'm telling you are written in red. So yeah. this is Jesus talking to the church, of, the church, to his church, to his bride, to his body, to his building. And now we see Revelation chapter 3. Verse 20, outside. Mm -hmm. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, he's not going to be silent outside that door, folks. Mm -mm. No. I stand at the door and knock. If any man, now he's not talking about the whole body. He's talking about somebody, mm -hmm. one man anybody, who will stand up that having the spiritual guts to say we're doing it wrong. <laughs> he says, if any man hear my voice and open the door, why doesn't somebody stand up and say, let's let Jesus back in. Yeah. I will come into him. Yeah. And we'll sup with him. And he with me. That's right. Folks, the only way to have a good fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ is to let him in. Let him in. We end this chapter of the book of Revelation by Jesus saying, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as also, as I also overcame came, and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear. Folks, do you, are you listening? It says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church as the local us called out assemblies, bodies, bride, building of Jesus Christ. And that's the mystery of the church. Now, ask a question. When is this going to be? When is the church going to end? Can you tell me when the church will be? Uh, well, God purposely didn't tell us a, a date because because. He doesn't want you to wait until tomorrow to get saved. He wants you to do it today. Yeah. He doesn't want you to wait until uh, uh, six hours before uh, he comes and gets his church. That's right. He wants you to do it now. He wants you to be ready 
sure. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and by the way, you can get saved today. There's nothing hindering you except yourself. In Titus chapter 2, says the verse 11, the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. You know, you know it. Somehow, well, I've never heard the gospel preacher like this. Well, listen, but you know there's a God because you are in existence. There's a creation. You walk on the ground that he made. And you know that. Psalm chapter 19 says the very same thing. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth forth his handiwork. Day and day these things utter his speech. There's no nation or language where, his, where he's not known. You have no excuse. Oh boy, am I chiding you? Listen, I'm not just preaching to the congregation or the choir. I'm preaching to Dick Chamberlain, who needs this message as much as you do. These churches were told to remember. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing this so that Curtis and I and my lovely wife sitting here to my right hand would remember the day we were saved, why we were saved, how we were saved, and to what were we saved, what we should do as saved people, how we should behave as saved people, how we should order our lips and our eyes and our steps, how we should pray. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now we're going to talk about, and we're going to tell you, but we're not going to do the exposition on it today. Now this is a teaser. I don't like doing teasers, but it's, 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 it's going to have the same effect. Our next episode is going to be on the mystery of the rapture of the church. And by the way, that's the that is the event which ends the church age. The earthly church. And there's a picture of the rapture, and I'm going to close with this. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After this, after what? After this history of the church, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice I, which I heard was, as it were, of a, a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. You know why I'm saying those things? Uh, because next week we're going to talk. Yes. And I will show thee things which must be here after. And this is a prophecy concerning the rapture of the church. Yeah. And that event will end, folks, the church age. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that comes after the rapture. Oh, yeah, boy. And we're going to tell you about it. But now... One of these days, I'd like you to do a whole segment on the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. A lot of people have questions about oh, it. Oh, brother, I do. And I didn't want to... I, I had to get this finished before I died. You know, this could be a lot longer <laughs> message. Well, so, at one time you went through each church. I did. I went through and each told and told the first century church. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, and the kind of the history, things that went on during that, that age. During the historical and then, ages. And then you I, I might I might review 
uh, next time yeah, and go through the, what what all of them had. Yeah, yeah all of them had certain time frames in AD. Okay. Dark age. Yeah. Dark, so anyway, dark, dark, dark so, anyway so what is our admonition uh, in the church age? It says this, uh, Hebrews 10, 25 says, um, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, mm -hmm. but so much the more as you see the day approaching. Get together as believers in a local New Testament called out Okay. Assembly. Okay. okay. First Corinthians 6, 6, 17, we're supposed to be separate, come out from among them. Uh, that is, come out from among the world and get together with the church. Mm -hmm. Do so today. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. When you do that, you become a member of Christ's body, a brick in his building, and his bride for which he's coming back, and he will, at the rapture of the church. Do so today. Don't wait till tomorrow, because you don't know if you have tomorrow. Neither do I. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you do that today? God in heaven, we thank you for this time you've given to us. We pray that you would be with us. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your precious son. We thank you for your word of God by which we can preach uh, your, your absolute truth. We thank you for the, uh, for the privilege of being able to invite others to come to be a member of your church by grace through faith. We pray today that, that someone will come to saving faith by grace today in Jesus' name. Amen.